This is the Elias Moreira podcast. Here we discuss classical musicianship, what it means to be a musician, the lifestyle, and how to overcome the daily challenges that every young musician has to face within this highly competitive industry. Enjoy. And here we are again. Welcome back to another episode. Elias here. The beginning of podcasts, I tell you, it's so difficult for me. It's literally the 50th time I'm trying to start this podcast. I never know how to start it without coming across as, you know, cringe or cocky or anything like that. Because, you know, I oftentimes look at these YouTubers and they say like, Welcome back, guys, to another video. Today, we're going to talk about the three tips to get healthier and I don't know, whatever, right? And I don't want to come across that. And I also don't want to come across as someone that has something to teach or to say. I don't want to teach you something. I want to share with you the things I struggle with, the things I, I maybe, you know, had success with. But it's not in a, I don't, I don't want to come across as someone that tries to teach you something. I don't want to be that, you know, quote unquote guru teaching some stuff. I want to be always authentic and keeping authenticity is something that is very difficult when you try to keep authenticity, right? You will be good at doing things authentically when you stop trying to do them authentically and just do them, right? And I feel sometimes that I fail in doing that, but I'm I'm literally really trying my best. And yeah, so... My podcast, right, helps me to get better at at uh, expressing myself also in social situations when I'm just with friends or with people. It helps me to be more articulated and because literally I have no content right now to talk into this podcast. I literally have no idea, no clue what I'm going to talk about. I mean, I have some points that I write down, but actually let's let's start with that. I will show you, I will tell you the way I create content for a podcast so basically what i have is this little notepad on my phone right notes it's called notes i have an iphone and that's where i write down sporadic thoughts right things that come across my mind all of a sudden and i think or if i read something or if i see something on a video and it, it clicks with me i i think okay i write it down and i write down like some some words and then later i have to kind of figure out what I actually meant with that, right? So I have this notepad and I check, for example, the first thing I have here for today's episode is staying professional and getting shit done. That's what I wrote down. So staying professional and getting shit done. What what do I actually want to talk? What, what, what did I meant with when I wrote this down? I don't know. I mean... I assume it's about discipline and something, you know, probably I was at the gym right now and I was feeling motivated. I was listening to some Joe Rogan or David Goggins and I was saying, yeah, I should talk about that. I should talk about discipline and getting shit done. Then I also wrote something, prodigy versus hard work. So I guess I was complaining about uh, people that have it easy, you know, playing an instrument and that just are extremely good musicians and then the ones that don't have the talent and have to work really hard and i wanted to make a comparison about that then i wrote something like boring life slash hard work no distractions no complaining comparison to my business days you see it's very random things i write down and then later i have to somehow think back and 
try to understand what I wanted to talk about. So that's how I come up with, with content for for this podcast. But, you know, the thing is with a podcast, it's such a great tool to speak into the world out there. And nowadays we take that so much for granted. But if you think about it, I'm sitting right now here in Porto in my hometown. I came here to just have some rest days and just to, you know, turn off from all the the noise in the center of Europe, from all the, the busyness. And I came back here and now I'm sitting here in my room with a microphone in my hand and some person, in, I don't know, in Australia or New Zealand is going to listen to me because I was actually checking my, my stats to see like who is listening from where, which cities, which countries. And it's quite well distributed in the world. I'm, I'm very surprised. I mean, all the continents besides Africa, they're, <laughs> they're not listening there. I don't know why. Make up your mind for that. I don't know. But besides that, it's quite well distributed. And I think it has to do with the fact that this podcast is about um, classical music. And classical music is such a, yeah international industry and that probably helps to spread the word into different places of the world i don't know i don't understand how the algorithm works but i i guess it's like that and but you know the the number the amount of people that listen to this podcast is not that big you know it's 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 consistent so every day people are listening to it but it's not thousands of streams it's not like that but listen you have to understand that a podcast it's not like a YouTube video. It's not like an Instagram story. A person that listens to a podcast needs to have way more mental availability to listen to a podcast because you're taking a constant, a conscious decision to stop doing what you're doing, going on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and decide for yourself. I'm going to sit down now and I'm going to listen to this or I'm going to do the dishes and I'm going to listen to the podcast, right? Not just my podcast, any podcast. It requires more mental availability. This is like a, a term that I learned back in the business days <laughs> in German. They would say like mentale verfügbarkeit. Yeah, it's a very long word. And I just Googled actually what it meant in English. So it's mental availability. Because, you know, listen, uh, an Instagram story, for example, or a YouTube video, these are things that you can easily see right you yourself if you post something on instagram you have maybe i don't know how many hundreds of views you have on your story maybe even thousands yeah but how much how how many of those people actually stop and really appreciated what you posted right how many people actually stop the story and be like wow such a great instagram story let me see it again no, you don't have that, right? Because the mental availability of the people that are watching your story is very, very low. Maybe they are in the metro. Maybe they're, you know, waiting for something. They're just like scrolling. They're in haze mode. That's what I call it, right? So many people are in haze mode, just scrolling through their phones and just escaping the voice in their head by keeping it entertained with social media, right? That's how... It works with, with Instagram, for example, right? YouTube videos is a little bit... You need a bit more of mental availability, right? You have to go on YouTube and you have to consciously decide, okay, which video am I going to see now? 
But YouTube makes it very easy for you to have less mental availability, mental availability because of thumbnails, of you know, catchy titles. Nowadays, the thumbnails also move, right? So you have very, it's very fast for you to see, okay, what, what can I see now? And also the algorithm suggests you exactly the video you want to see, things you're curious about. So it's very easy for you to start watching a YouTube video nowadays as well. Now, a podcast... No, there is no thumbnail. There is no fancy, you know, animation. There is no algorithm that suggests you which podcasts you should listen to or which episode you should listen to. No, you have to consciously decide. I'm going on Spotify right now. I'm going to look for a podcast. I'm going to search for the fucking episode that I want to listen to. I'm going to read through the notes through the description of the podcast to see if I really want it. And then I'm going to press play. Oh, the podcast is two and a half hours long. Oh shit. Okay. Well, I need a lot of mental availability. So of course I have less streams. Of course I have less people listening to a podcast, but that's because it requires more mental availability. So a stream from a podcast is way more valuable than an Instagram story view. You, you get what I'm saying? And then you have to put things into perspective. If you have 10 downloads, 15 downloads on your podcast, on your episode, picture 15 people in your room right now, the room where you are sitting right now, picture you being surrounded by 15 other people. It's a lot. And these 15 people are listening to you talking right now. That's the feeling you should have when you create a podcast or any other thing if you're also being creative with youtube making youtube videos oftentimes it's very discouraging to see hey i'm just having 20 views you know 15 views 100 views and but then if you put it into perspective and you think let me put like 100 people in the room i'm in right now they all watched my video then you start thinking holy shit actually it's a lot of people right and that's the thing i try to do with my you know, perception of what I'm doing with this podcast, because if I have a podcast that doesn't, you know, fire as much as some other ones, for example, the China episode podcast that went super well, you know, and then some other one where I'm just talking by myself about, I don't know, spontaneity or whatever, it doesn't go that well. But then I put it into perspective and I say, hey, okay, how many people? Oh, shit. If I put all these people into, into this room now and they would listen to me talk... <laughs> I have more listening more listeners than Jesus back in the days. <laughs> so that's that's something that I work on myself. But yeah, I digress. I'm again ranting about some random stuff here, but but what I actually wanted to talk about today is how I try to you know diminish distractions in my daily life and to start getting more amazed about the small things in life again because it's really difficult within our in our era you know of social media of of technology advancements and the way we live our life so oftentimes so yeah we 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 really i i guess i'm just nostalgic right i guess i'm just looking back into the old um ways of doing things you know I was watching old videos of myself when I was a child and how, you know, we were listening to t audio tapes, you know, remember like these ca cassettes, I don't know how to say it in English, it was audio tapes and uh, 
and I, I actually took out I, I i even have that still in my house so i took it out of the closet and i started listening to old like children's stories i used to listen to because i'm so nostalgic and i'm so missing this these old times where everything was more slowlier everything didn't didn't have to happen immediately you didn't have everything right away you had to go and buy the things you wanted to listen to you you valorized more the little things you know like these little cassettes cd players you know vinyl discs you had to go to the store and buy this stuff you couldn't just go on spotify and have it right away it was was differently and I, and I didn't even you know got raised with that I'm 26 now right and I was born in that time right before everything became fast with the internet and everything right so as a child you know I didn't give a shit of course but once I got into the teenage years there was already phones smartphones and everything was getting faster so I can't even really compare how it was really before but if you look at the millennials people that are 30 that all got raised before all of this stuff i can't imagine how much they must sometimes miss the old times i mean a lot of things got better i don't want to only complain of course there's a lot of good things that are happening here i mean how could you even listen to me without all of this technological advancements and stuff right so there's a lot of good things but I realized that, you know, my life in Central Europe, in Brussels, is so fast. Everything goes so fast. Everyone is busy, constantly working, constantly distracted, always looking for the next dopamine hit, the next thing. And I want to change that because I don't feel good about it. I, I really don't feel good. So I want to start learning again, enjoying the little things. So what I did, and that's, that's quite funny, I bought Huckleberry Finn. I don't know if you know that. Mark Twain, does it say something to you? Mark Twain is a writer from the 1800s, you know, the cowboy times. And he wrote two very famous books. One's called The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and the other one, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. And I bought both of them now and I'm actually quite happy about it. I'm still waiting for the Huckleberry Finn is still arriving. And I bought the old version, right? The, the first edition with like the old language the n-word comes in that book about 293 times it's really old school where racism was still fine and you know the thing is with with the book huckleberry finn it got banned from so many schools because the because of the old language right before because of the the racial slangs and all this stuff but if you think about it that's such a stupid thing to do because it just you know, it portrays our story, the human history of our development, how we came out of that time to the time we are now. And the story itself is anti-racist. It's about two little boys that want to help a, a slave called Jim to escape. And they're the only ones that are not racist. And the book is really all about that. And the fact that Huckleberry Finn says the N-word about 293 times is just because he didn't knew any different. And then, you know, the new people, you know, they say, we have to ban this book because it's racist and all that stuff. And it's offensive. And it's not. It's not offensive. It's history. It's facts. And I think that's why I also bought this book because I, I want to get the raw 
you know the raw stuff i want to know how people wrote back in the days i don't want the the easy easy going version where they substitute the the words no i want the real one and i'm very and so the fact the reason i have these books now is to slow down right to instead of being constantly on my phone or to you know, distract myself with other things. I try to read. I try to, you know, slow down and immerse myself in a world of adventures and, 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 and these old times, you know, learn about how people back in the days would live. And and then it had a side effect. This whole thing, the fact that I slowed down in my life a bit, you know, for at least these past few days, it allowed me to immerse myself again into my craft, right? And practicing the cello and to really focus and turn off all the distractions. I think that's really important. It's so difficult for us to, you know, to really disappear for a while. Yeah, re- literally, like disappearing from all the bullshit that you have to deal with every day, you know, and really get your head down and work and be disciplined and getting shit done that's that's the thing right that i wrote down on my phone i guess that's what i what i meant back in the days to be able to get rid of distractions sit down and work and get shit done you probably know this right if you're constantly practicing in the school and university as a musician yeah now let's talk about again the the music world if you're practicing in school and you're surrounded by other musicians you're constantly subconsciously comparing yourself what are they doing how are they doing what are they winning also on social media on facebook instagram perfect example everyone is sharing their wins right everyone is sharing like oh i just won this competition oh i got invited for this master class oh i won this audition so you're constantly comparing yourself instead of focusing on the thing you actually have to do on getting better so you have to find kind of your your balance between the inspiration you're getting from other musicians you know because it can also happen that way right you can be surrounded by good musicians and you just you know you get pushed right that's something i also had back in the days when i started my first time studies in in germany right back in 2016 it was important for me to be surrounded by other good musicians because i you know i came from a from a music school here in porto where i was okay more or less one of the best let's say yeah and then i came to germany and all of a sudden i realized hey the level is so much higher actually i'm just a piece of shit that doesn't know anything so it was so important for me to get this comparison at comparison at first first sorry for my english to get this comparison at first but then if you, you know, once you understand, okay, the level is like that, then you don't need to compare yourself anymore. Compare yourself once and then just go back to work and get better and get better. And when you think you're really good again, then get yourself out there again to compare yourself and see if you actually are better. And sometimes you will be surprised and you go to some masterclass and you realize, shit, I'm actually really good. And then once you reach that point, then it's very dangerous to, you know, become prideful and to forget to be humble then you should again uh, expose yourself to an environment where people play really really good to remember yourself that hey 
you know, the higher you fly, the bigger the fall, right? So then, example for me, right? I was studying in in Brussels and in, in, in Belgium, and I got pretty good at what I was doing. I was quite happy with my cello playing and. Also, my teacher was really happy with me, and I started to like believe in myself again. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. And then I applied for these academies, and I lost a bunch of them. Yeah, I didn't pass any audition. And then I won this one academy to go to Korea, and I went there for three weeks, and I was surrounded again by amazing musicians that just played the shit out of their instrument, and I was just some random guy who just plays the cello you know like not really special and people around me you know coming from juilliard and from uh, you know doing academies in germany you know winning wdr rundfunk playing in luxembourg symphony orchestra and stuff like that you know guys like this guys and girls like this and i was there just a student you know didn't have anything <laughs> and it made me realize oh shit okay actually I have to go back to work. But then I stopped comparing myself, right? I mean, I didn't stop. <laughs> I kept comparing myself. Then I saw, like, I, I, of course, I followed a lot of those musicians back in Korea in, in on Instagram, right? And I started to see what they were doing. And I started to get really frustrated because I saw how many people of of these of this korean academy got very successful within europe you know entering orchestras and winning auditions and then i started to think well i actually i would i can never get to that level and then i realized i became aware of what my negative self-talk my self-sabotaging mindset was telling me you know that i'm not good enough and that it's and that yeah that that it's not meant for me and i had to stop i had to get off i had to get off this comparison thing and i had to stop listening to what social media again coming back to that is telling me how everyone is just telling their highlights and their wins i got off it i got off it i i really go on social media only really sporadically sometimes to post a podcast right to post some 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 stuff but then i delete it again from my phone and i don't have social media on my phone anymore and it allows me again to get back to work work hard on my cello practice a lot of hours and getting better being really really consistent with it and i think that's something that a lot of musicians lack i mean they say they practice a lot of hours i mean you you know it probably people say they spend their days every hour in music school and you think whoa shit you're here since eight in the morning it's eight in the night you've been the whole day here yeah but how much of this time have you actually productive, productively used to practice and to get shit done? Because if you really are productive, you don't need to practice 10 hours a day. You don't really. Three hours is enough. If you're really you know, paying attention to what you're doing and you're doing it well, three hours is enough. You don't need more. I'm telling you, even Yasha, Yasha Heifetz said that if you Google it, he said he never practiced more than three hours because practicing too much is the same as practicing too little. You start unlearning the things you're actually learning. And if Yasha Haifet says that, who is the god of the violin, then you should believe him. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. I had also other things on my list. Let me just check what I have here else. 
Um, yeah, about authenticity, we spoke about that. Yeah, so that's how I come up with, with ideas, right? Um, yeah, anyways, I happy, I'm happy that you tuned in. Um, if you found this podcast interesting, if you think the things I'm talking about are interesting, I'm happy if you share it with your social circle, with your friends, colleagues, whoever you think could profit from what I'm saying here or who thinks who could be interested in what I'm saying. And yeah, besides that, I'm happy to see you here next time again. And until then, bye-bye.